North Pole Hotline. Help! My in-laws are hosting Thanksgiving, and we're bringing the dressing. You mean stuffing? No, dressing. I need cute outfits for everyone. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's kicking off the holidays with stylish denim, velvet tops, the season's best dresses, and 40% off your entire purchase now through Tuesday. 40% off? We'll be stuffing our shopping bags full. And don't forget colorful sweaters and amazing outerwear, too. You can even buy online and pick up in store for free. Ooh, I love an all-you-can-wear buffet. Holiday your heart out at Old Navy and Old Navy.com. Valid 1118 to 1120. Exclusion supplies. See stores for details. Every generation needs a revolution, Jimmy. The American dream is just that. Just a dream. War is a continuation of politics. Only by other means. Politics is a continuation of economics by other means. This is our bank. This is our war. And this is our plan of attack. Banks have become an essential threat to our democracy. So consider this justice. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com, the number one listener-supported radio station on the Internet. Please help support this station so this battle can continue forward. Revolution Radio! The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Welcome to Sacred Matrix, a divine paradigm of love and universal consciousness, with your host, Janet Kira Lesson and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Together, we transform the world. And now, here are your hosts, Janet Kira and Dr. Sasha Lesson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at not Freedom Slip. Well, yeah, it's now Revolution Radio. Used to be Freedoms Slips.com, which is still good, but we use Revolution Radio. And I'm your host, Janet Care Lesson, and my co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson. Our producer is Thomas Becker, and today we have a very special show with Sherry Wild. And Ruth and Fred and our producer, Thomas Becker, is doing all he can to get everybody on the panel today. So let me tell you a little bit about what our panel's about and um, hopefully soon Sherry Wild and Ruth and Fred. So this is a, an example. I'm sorry. Panel. I'm having trouble. Hi. Sherry? Having Ruth trouble Ann, hearing which you. One is? Okay. Um... Oh, it's just kind of muddy. Let's see. Maybe my mic gets better here. Okay. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Janet. Hi, Hi Janet. and Ruth Hi. is coming on too. 
Hi. Okay. Uh, Sherry, Hello. go ahead and talk. Yeah. Do a one, two, three, four, and we'll see if we can get you clear here. One, two, okay, one, two, three, four. Sounds much one, two, better. Three, can four. you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you now. You were muddy one, two, three, first, four. better. One, two, okay, three, four. Okay, Sasha. Sasha. Yes, one, two, three, four. Sasha. Can you yes. hear me? Okay. Yep. Yes, we I have everybody. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> okay. Then. Okay. Let okay. me tell our people a little bit about us, uh, what we're doing today, and then we'll we'll go um, and talk to each one of you a little bit and tell our story. Then we're going to go roundtable. We'll have a discussion about this most incredible ph phenomenon that we're going through, all of us. So this is the panel of three world-renowned experiencers, Sherry Wild, Ruth Ann Friends, and Janet Carolesson, and two experiencers or hypnotherapists, Dr. Sasha Alex Lesson and Janet Carolesson. And we are going to explore the universe of the other sphere, which refers to a phenomenon humans and their instruments report experiencing or registering beyond the everyday, ordinary Starbucks and freeways reality accepted by mass American media and conventional academia. The other sphere includes alien contact, abduction, attachment, time travel, near-death, archetype activation, and theogenic impressions, encounters with the dead, other lives, trauma, repression, satanic ceremonies, contact with the divine, and other spiritual experiences. The other sphere includes what Russell Brinegar calls crypto-reality, the multiverse, source field, eternosphere, parallel worlds, morphogenic fields, and quantum consciousness. And that's a new term. Uh, I don't know if it's strictly Brinninger or Brinninger and Lesson, but Russell Brinninger describes it in um, Overlords of the Singularity. So we're trying to explain this phenomenon that's been going on for millennia. And Sherry and Ruthann are both um, experiencers as well as me, Janet Carol Lesson. Dr. Lesson, what would you like to say about our today's topic? And then we'll start with the. Uh, I don't know who's got the. Uh, <laughs> I used to go. Who's got the longest hair? But <laughs> okay, Sasha. Okay, so uh, what Russell calls this is is things like uh, the 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 uh, eternosphere and uh, crypto reality and uh, many many things. I sort of coined the term other sphere. It's my attempt, sort of following a lot of uh, information from Ray Hernandez and others, of putting together stuff that's ordinarily put into separate fields and and people don't realize they're like blind people who have grabbed different parts of the elephant uh, of reality and so someone's got its tail and someone's got its uh, uh, a leg and one thinks the reality is like a snake and the other like a tree. Well, that's how it is. When we start putting it all together, a much, much larger and more mysterious uh, picture starts to um, come into view and what I think it is and I'm really impressed by the works of Susie Hansen is what we're coming uh, uh, to is a realization that whatever the other's fear is it contains beneficent mostly beneficent uh, encouragement for us to ascend and do better and be more loving here on this planet earth yes so uh, I guess we'll begin with Sherry. Uh, Sherry's been with us many, many times on a variety of shows over the last uh, several years. And we did get to meet Sherry in person. Uh, it was in the, at the Canadian um, UFO, I forget what they called their event, a couple years ago. Sherry, how are you doing? Welcome back to the show. 
Hi. Thanks for having me back. And that was the, wasn't that the Experiencers? Was it that one? It, it was called. That it? Was yeah. It was, yeah. It's one I'm thinking of. You were there, um, yeah. yeah. So, but it had a longer name than Experiencers. So I can't remember oh, right now. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, many conferences right now. Yeah. Yes. So it's been a little while since we've talked to you. Um, First of all, you, uh, you've been on the show before, but you might want to give a little overview, recap of who you are and how you came to be in this field, and if there's anything new, any updates we need to know uh, about your life or any new books or any new events and all those good things. And take it away, okay. and we'll, so then we'll go around the <laughs> okay. table. Thanks okay. a lot. Okay. <laughs> okay, how I came to be in this field is... Um, I'm, I'm an experiencer, yes. I started out as being labeled an abductee back in 1989 or 90. Um, 19, did I say 18 again? I did that once before, 1989 or 1990. And um, uh-huh. when I was regressed and I was uh, investigated by the Center for UFO Studies, and it turned out that uh, I had all the weird stuff that had been happening in my life that I didn't know have any understanding of what it was and so you tend to just ignore it when you can't explain it. turns out that I've been having these encounters from the time I was a very small child and so that opened the door to me having somewhat conscious contact and the contact continued up until about 2014 I think was the last time that I had with my guys. I've had other entities. I've had the Draco and uh, the tall whites and some others visiting me, but I haven't seen my my the guys that I used to spending time with. They haven't come around. They told me they wouldn't be coming around again for a while. So um, finding out that you are interacting with beings from another realm, another world, another dimension, I'm not even still not sure what exactly to call them. I think that they're from another dimension. I think because um, once you get beyond the fourth density, the fourth dimension, you really, it becomes a, an etheric world. It becomes um, a realm of non-physicality. And so it's, it just feels more um, reasonable to call it, to call it uh, that they are from another dimension. So that's, and I have nothing new. I'm not writing another book. I doubt that I will. I'm too old and too tired and too worn down to do that, I think. I don't have Susie's energy, but uh, Susie Hansen, that is. So mm-hmm. um, I'm just kind of winding down uh, on the whole thing. I'm not really getting out there and speaking too much anymore either. So, you know, given, well, given the situation. So. Yeah, I know you've been having some health problems over the years and mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. is exhausting when you're on the road and <laughs> exhausting. Mm-hmm. I have a book mm-hmm. in the works and I just can't seem to get the words down on the paper. And so life is yeah. is always in your face. And so, but go ahead, mm-hmm. Tosh, you have a question. Please. Well, I'd just like to say that at Contact in the Desert a couple of years ago, when you spoke, Sherry, you created a coherent field. Everybody there uh, could just feel what you were saying right heart to heart. And we knew that. We just knew from the way you conveyed things, it was not just an intellectual thing, but a real experience. But something happened. You gave and shared and took us on that experience with you. And I'm still in mm-hmm. awe of, of what you've shared. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, maybe it's because it was still so new to me. And, and when I do talk about it and I start sharing what's happened to me, I'm still, I'm still, I guess, in awe is, is the way to say it. I mean, I just, it's very, it's a very strange thing to have this reality. I mean, it's not a story. It's real. And, and it just still seems crazy to me that I have ETs coming into my house, you know, whether it's the Draco or my guys or the tall whites or the spheres that I get in there, the orbs. Um, it's, it's just not the way life is. It's not the way life as I knew it before, before the investigation, before the, the regression. Um, it's just, I just, I have, I, I think about it a fair amount and I, and I'm always trying to figure out really what is it all about? Kind of like the topic that you've chosen for tonight's discussion. You know, I have gone through the whole gamut of, are we another advanced races, um, video game? I mean, are, is that what we are? <laughs> are we, are we just, it certainly feels like we're in a game because I'm, I'm a believer in the world being an, an illusion and, so, you know, I don't have, it's not too far to go to thinking that we just take on these avatars and that we come in here and we play this game of duality. Because really, what does it really mean? I mean, what, what's the purpose of it all? And then we have these higher dimensional beings coming in and trying to nudge us along and help us to awaken and help us to um, ascend and, and uh, get our game a little better. But then we've got the bad guys, you know. That's that's the other part of the whole game, the whole thing that's going on. We've got the bad guys who are running interference and trying to do all they can to keep us from waking up. It just feels like a gigantic mm-hmm. game. But because I believe that we're the divine, that we are children of the Creator, and so ultimately we can't be destroyed. We can't be really killed. We can kill off our body, but that doesn't really matter. That you know, not from the higher, not when you look at it from a higher perspective. So it really all does at times feel like a game. So anyway, mm-hmm. just, just yeah, uh, Sherry, it really does. Mm-hmm. To, it it does to me too. And even mm-hmm. uh, since I think a little bit non-dualistically, I think the bad guys or uh, disinformation folks are really part of the challenge. Uh, that's making us uh, develop clarity and uh, break down the divisions between our different uh, uh, disciplines so that we can make some larger sense of it. So I'd say even the bad guys are mm-hmm. uh, got to be yeah. part of the uh, whole. Uh, and yeah. I'm very intrigued yeah. about what you're saying about about uh, reptilians because uh, 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 fundamentalists have, have occupied, said anything having to do with uh, that might having to do with a snake or a reptile uh, must be bad and evil, but uh, Nancy Tremaine and yourself and others are, are showing, no, not at all. They have a different no. way of being and expressing, but there's. It, it seems like they are part of the group of uh, extraterrestrials that are here to help us. The, the ones that I interacted with, um, I believe for, now I, I still don't know who, um, you know, who, who um, headed up the attack on me, who actually poisoned me and did all the things that they did to me. But I, I don't, I just in my heart of hearts, I don't believe it was the Draco. I've had other people say oh, it, it had to be them because they were coming around. But I don't believe it was, I just, I don't believe it. I just don't. And maybe I'm being a fo- taken, you know, made a fool of or whatever, but I do not believe it was them. But so I, my experiences with the Draco were all, it was scary the first time I had one come into my house because they're just a little scary looking, but 
but from that point on, I had nothing but good experiences with them, and they did they did do uh, healing modalities on me. I felt like they were trying to help me at the time that I was being attacked. So, yeah, it's it's a very odd thing, isn't it? It's, it's a very odd thing. So, yes, I well, I've had positive experiences with the Dracos as well. So, oh, and I'm finding more and more experiencers. Uh-huh. Yes, I have uh-huh. the same the same reaction because they're so strange looking. I, I guess the greys are strange too, but the the Dracos yeah. are, are frightening because uh, maybe it is because of the imprinting about. You know, demonic forces. I know I was raised Christian, and my mother really was afraid of the devil. So <laughs> to her, mm-hmm. it was kind of a three-dimensional being. And um, so, well, let's bring on Ruth Ann. We'll have a little intro, and then we can ask each other questions. We've got a lot of time. And uh, I know we can pull this uh, these little missing pieces of the puzzle out from one another. So uh, we'll just take a little bookmark there. I do want to talk more about your tall whites, but let me bring on Ruth Ann Friend. Hi. Hi, Friend. Hello. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so meet Hello. Sherry, Ruth Ann. Uh, hopefully someday we'll get you at least one more last event. Sherry will come pull you out and have a big party, though. We'll make it fun. It's a big party. Uh, Ruth Ann, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what's new and so that you and Sherry can get to know each other a little bit? Uh, yes, I can. Um, the way I came into all this was um, many years ago when everything kept happening to me, I, uh, it seemed like the uh, not only the ET since I was a child, but uh, also I could always see in the paranormal spiritual world and so on like that. Um, I kept this hidden for many, many years, just like a lot of us do. We we don't feel like people will understand and so on. But um, finally they told me, and they, I always mean the other side, the beings on the other side, um, told me it was time to uh, begin to speak and speak of them and tell the truth. Uh, I know not too long ago um, one of the ETs told me again, just like a reminder, uh, to be part of each species is not easy. Although you sometimes think we have abandoned you, we do not. Well, sometimes when, as I'm sure you felt before, all of you, uh, when you work in these worlds and that's all you know, this is our life. And uh, uh, I love my life. Um, but uh, sometimes when they don't make as much contact or there's a little space in between, they're telling me I have to rest. Um, I can sure sympathize uh, uh, with getting tired and getting out of sorts and uh, Sherry, what you said about your illness, uh, I've gotten down to it takes a lot out of us uh, trying to live here as a human being when we're part of so many other things. But uh, they always come and they always um, would re-energize me and, and my son too. He had many years he was terminal and I've mentioned before he lived 14 years longer than uh, the medical world said was possible. That's because uh, they took my son and I uh, uh, sometimes nightly and they would work on him and that's why he was able to continue on until his journey was over. Uh, it is a hard life, and um, they have to come and help me uh, get back into my, uh, just even my 
sometimes I'll get a little bit down or really down and they have to talk to me and list me again and get me going again. So I'm very grateful for all of that. And uh, so that's how I got into all this. Yeah, thank you, Ruth Ann. So both of you are lifelong experiencers, and that's one of the reasons I have both of you here today. And I, too, I've had experiences since the crib. Uh, I still have continued interaction with extraterrestrials. It has changed over the years. I get really exhausted. Um, the day before yesterday, they had a fake nuke coming into Hawaii here, and they had 15 minutes to live. Um, that created a meltdown with a lot of people. <laughs> they were panicking, and I found wow. that I was in this PTSD, and I it just finally broke last night, and I I don't have any real, real clear recollection, just kind of a, a fuzzy thing where they came in, and they so they felt like I my um, adrenaline was stuck on overcharge, overcharge all day yesterday, ever since that happened, so I it's like, I feel really sick. <laughs> so last night they came in and worked on me, and then uh, it's like, okay, I can do today because I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I just felt very, very, very wow. sick for the right after that. Wow. So I know they come and work on me, and uh, Sherry, I hope they're uh, continuing to work on, you know, three of us, all four of us have these avatars that are getting old. <laughs> but um, I know I'm not done. I've got so much more to do. And... Um, one of the things is uh, bringing an experiencer, like a predominantly experiencer conference together. There's been a lot of attempts, but I'm, I'm working on one, hopefully for um, late summer, early fall, that I can get everybody who could, wants to come to it. Uh, Sasha, do you have a direction or questions? Yeah. Since you're yes, researching yeah, I, I this Every, extensively, every, go ahead. Yes, everybody, uh, all of us have been talking about uh, our experiences and the way I've uh, framed the other sphere I consider the what I've had the visions I've had throughout my life to be uh, from the other sphere or Susie Hansen talks about uh, me as a uh, people like me as third wave I've had visions of Israelis and uh, Egyptians uh, just before they had made peace uh, putting all their weapons of war in a great ditch and then covering them up and dancing their folk dances on uh, atop that, I joined Students for a Democratic Society trying to bring about peace, and when they advocated violence, of course I quit, because violence ain't the way. And I started, I've been studying uh, with, I studied with Carl Rogers and others, and we know how to bring about peace, to get people to know each other and feel empathy for each other as human beings. Uh, and uh, we have the technology, once we uh, um, find out what the people who are in charge really need at their heart's level and we can meet them and meet their needs and meet our needs at the same time and synergize, then we will transcend. And so I consider, uh, although my uh, path of uh, being a peacenik has not caused me any distress, uh, on the contrary, it's caused me great elation, uh, I consider myself that kind of an experiencer. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a high calling. Good for you. Yeah. Yes, it is. You, so what would you like to ask the three of us? Or I'll let you facilitate for a little bit, Sasha. Okay. Um, if you were going to uh, summarize what the main messages you got from your extraterrestrial or interdimensional contacts for yourself and for humanity, uh, what did you get? 
start with Sherry? Uh, that's pretty easy. Um, they're really big on love. <laughs> um, one of the last messages I got from them, uh, because they're, they're not coming in physically, but they are still talking to me, and it's all about love. Um, what he told me was, um, he said, basically, we're out of time, and the only thing left for us to do at this moment is now to just respond to everything with love, be love, uh, be in that frequency of love. Um, the answer to everything is love. No matter what question, the question is, the answer is love. They, they just went on and on and on up, like, in that tone about love. And the, the whole general feeling when you're with those guys, I mean, because I've been with, I've worked with different groups, but when I, with, with my guys, and I don't know what else to call them, it's just my guys, because I, I don't know what race they are, I don't know what they are, but when I'm with them, especially up on the ship, um, and you're spending time there, you just feel that frequency of love that they exist in, and it's just such a wonderful, wonderful thing, and I sure hope that that's where we're headed on this planet, because that's how we were created, to to be, and that's what we were created to uh, to express is just love, and all this conflict that we have in this world right now is just it's just a bunch. It's just so silly, you know. It's just that's why it does. It feels like such a game to me. I can't even take it seriously. Um, so definitely, it's about the love. It's about love and acceptance, accepting um, everyone for who they are, letting them be who they are, and no judgment. So that's what I would have to say. Thank you. Sasha, ask again, and this time Ruthann. What's the, okay, uh, Ruthann, what is uh, the main messages that you've got from your extraterrestrial contact for yourself and for humanity? Okay, they stress about love and compassion. Love and compassion to others. They have always told me that only there's only one word that really matters that if people would do, it's love. So I get all this, too, and I get it from whether they're the greys or any other species that's ever worked with my son and I, to give out love and compassion, to teach love and compassion. So that's what mine, the whole main thing is about. And I know that one day when there's a new world and things change, they told me that that world will be mainly a spiritual, loving world. There would be no more wars, no more fighting, no more anything that was of a negative nature because everyone will love one another. And they stress that all these years. They'll stress that. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. I know that's what it's going to be. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Jen, what about you? What's the main thing that you've gotten for yourself and for the world? Well, I... I uh, same message is about love and that if you find yourself coming from fear or lack or um, negativity or even judgments or criticism or projection, that individually you can take back your energy and your thoughts and your emotions and breathe it into your heart and say it again <laughs> or do it again from your heart chakra, from love. And it changes reality for us individually and collectively if we all catch ourselves when we start to go down the negative road and, and come into this heart space. And, and then the, that will, uh, you know, feed the morphogenic field exponentially and reach critical mass and will shift into this uh, 
I, like they, they taught me about Star Trek when I was 12 years old. I've always been uh, guided, led, directed uh, in every waking moment of my life. There's, I'm eternally connected. And so they brought me to the world of Star Trek, to the conferences and conventions and, and under um, Heinlein and Asimov and um, Heineck and, of course, Roddenberry's guidance. <laughs> We were all talking about this future that uh, they've been showing me all along, and they and they uh, tell me, well, that's not quite right. It's kind of jive off track. So when Star Trek became Star Wars, it's like, no, it's not about wars. And I was just listening to Linda Moulton Howe, and she's accepted that there's all these galactic wars out there, and it's like. Well, I, I don't see any wars when I'm up there. <laughs> it's like I'm bathing in love and everybody is so conscious and kind and civilized. They don't even speak a harsh word to anybody or do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I have a total different experience than here in this three-dimensional uh, plane where it's very hard to um, you know walk in this world with all this negativity. Yet at night, I know they, they kind of blood plug me in like seven of nine on the Star Trek and I recharge and I get re-energized and then I wake up and often I, I feel like I'm still on ship but you know I'm coming back into my form the sun is coming up and I just leave, I lay there I'm awake and I'm in this state and it feels like I'm there on the ship but I'm still getting the energy charged me and it's just total complete love so yeah love is the answer love's the message although People just uh, take it like a cliche and they uh, can't wrap their heads around it. So one of the things they're, they're working with me is to somehow put it in a language or put it in a way. That's why I'm so driven to do these shows. I am driven. I can't do anything but. And that's why I'm reaching out to all of you like Sherry and Ruth Ann and the other experiencers. Because I know if we were to ever um, look at each other, share breath and have a conversation it's like our minds would all meld into each other and we would come up with the answers and, you know, mm -hmm. like a puzzle that would emerge. So I'll pass it on to, to go who, who wants to speak next. Go ahead, yeah. Sherry, is that you? Okay, I'd like to talk a little bit too because... Okay, uh, go ahead. You can talk. For me, the message I get is, is um, I, I come from a, a place I call uh, transpersonal uh, existentialism. Uh, which says that you can break down, uh, you can look at love more deeply, and even under things that you, uh, who maintain dualistic thinking, might think is uh, is negative or something like that. If you go down to the the deep need that uh, the whatever negative behavior uh, you're perceiving uh, is fulfilling, I think you'll find that it's it's a it's really a need that's egocentric. That is okay for. The person that has the need or for the species that have the need too. And I think the main thing is to really understand that there is a technology to get beyond uh, this um, uh, dissing the other because the other has needs too and when we can understand what's motivating their needs, for example, the, the uh, uh, terrorists that killed the Israeli um, athletes uh, in Munich. Those of them that uh, in a later study uh, got jobs and wives and families were no longer terrorists. Well, there's a message in that. Uh, if we, and, and there's a whole technology, which is get to know each other as human beings, empathize with the other person, even say their anger. What motivates your anger? 
oh, you, what do you need? You really need attention. You need affection. Okay, well, we can uh, negotiate that and, and uh, coordinate it. And, and so that's that's uh, so yeah it's a, it's it's love but I think you can go a lot deeper you can say the deepest love incorporates everything and is bigger than duality because duality is is a, is a uh, not understanding deeply enough to uh, get real love that's how I look at things that's interesting because um, that makes me think of the course in miracles which I'm a big um, advocate of and I teach it and uh, the course in the According to the Course in Miracles, there's only two things that are happening. The first thing is that love is all there is, and anything that is not love is fear. So, and fear doesn't really exist because it's just part of the illusion. So, a person is either extending love always, or they are asking for love. So, either extending love, you're either giving love to another person or the situation, or you are. It's a cry for love. So, those who act out. In whatever way you use the the Munich, the terrace, and that that's a cry for love. Those are those are beings who have lost touch with their beingness. They've lost touch with the, who they truly are, and they're they're not identifying anymore with their with their inner divine self. They've forgotten. They've lost sight of that, and so it's actually a cry for love. And um, I I, just, yeah. I believe that yeah I believe that to be absolutely true. There's a there's an ancient tribe. I don't know where if they're deep in the, in the heart of Africa, I think, or Amazon or wherever they are, but there's a tribe. Um, they're still in existence when I read this article some years ago, and it's a, a matriarchal uh, tribe. It's, it, the women are, um, are running the society. And when they find uh, someone has committed a crime, no matter what it is, they don't punish them. What they do is they put them in the middle of a circle and they just, as a community, they just, they love them. They just, they give them love. They, they reassure them. They, they, they tell them they are worthy and, that they, they, and let them know that, that they are loved and that they are valued and that they are cherished. And that's what they do to the people who commit crimes because they understand that it is a cry for love. That's why does anybody do, why would anybody do a crime? Why would anyone do harm to another? It's not innate in us to do that. We do that because we've lost ourselves. And what they need is not punishment. They need love. Now, that's a lot of people might get upset, <laughs> especially if they've been the victim of a crime. But, but, you know, when you start studying this and you start looking at it, it makes, it makes perfect sense, and it's the way it should be. But anyway, uh, what, what you had said, yeah, that made me think uh, of well, that. Well, just, you know, just, uh, just the thing about, about fear, uh, what we say in in, uh, in Jungian centering, which I, I learned from Hal Stone, is that, that that there's no false selves or inauthentic selves. They're just partials. And so, uh, what, if you're experiencing fear, not to make yourself bad or wrong, and to say you got to get out of, but to ask part of me that's experiencing fear, what do you really need? And it may, and I think what it often needs is information. Uh, or uh, or to pay attention or something like that. So we don't even need to disfear. We can even say we can embrace uh, 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 courage and fear from our centers, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Terry, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ruthann. Your turn. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, See, I, I believe that truly too. I think I think that would be uh, if we could all do that. That would just be wonderful. Uh, a lot of times, uh, 
if I get a certain feeling, I sit down and I ask myself, why do I feel this way and where is it coming from? So um, I try to get get it figured out that way if I can and get on a better footage with whatever's going on. Uh, one thing that I've always uh, just been fascinated by is uh, when we were talking about uh, the different uh, uh, extraterrestrials, um, I know that all of the different species that uh, I've ever seen or been with, and there's probably thousands, I don't know how many have always taken my son and I, but uh, a lot of them were the same ones. And um, we began to uh, know them as like uh, an extension of our family. Uh, I've never experienced uh, what you would call an abduction, only visits, because uh, we always went only uh, with our permission. They would never take us without our permission. Um, as I said before, they uh, would take and heal us when either one of us was sick, and of course on my son most of the time. Um, the love in their eyes, uh, I can't even explain it. Um, yeah. It was kind of like, uh, Sherry, you mentioned earlier in the program, there's just something about when you look in those eyes, it's so wonderful. You don't, you don't even want to break mm -hmm. the eye contact. Um, I found out that the heavenly beings, guides, my teachers, uh, archangels, uh, all kinds of uh, beautiful beings like that are intermixed with the ones that we call the grays or whatever uh, the galactic or uh, whatever term we want to use for them, that they are all like one. And that's um, what I found so fascinating because um, I would have to write down uh, their messages a lot of times uh, as they're speaking them nearly and uh, to keep track of who was saying what. But um, I just think the uh, interconnectedness of uh, the spiritual realm and if you want to call it the uh, ET realm, whatever, uh, all of this works together. And I just thought that was amazing. Mm -hmm. I did too. I did too, Ruth. I agree with that. I was surprised by that. Yeah. Yes, it's, and I it's think... It's really been... But... Go ahead, finish what you're saying, Ruth, and then I'll add to it. Go ahead. Oh, I, well, it's just so comforting, and, and you feel so wonderful, and you're just saturated with this love that um, when I'm with them that way, I don't think about coming back, I'll put it that way, because I know I'm truly home, and I know that's my real home, and I know that's where I came from, and that's what I'm a part of. And, of course, I love my Earth family more than anything, when you are, though, with all of them and you're realizing all of this and know that one day uh, we'll all be together in those realms, uh, it's just mind-blowing. Um, I just I can't get over it yet to this day as many times as I've been with them all my life. But I just wish that everybody could experience that, those moments when, when you're in their presence and, and looking into those eyes. I just, I just think it's so wonderful. Yeah, but I've had that same experience when uh, you look into their eyes, it's like you see all the way back to source, to the first moment of creation, and you see how we're connected, mm -hmm. and 
uh, emerge into unity, consciousness, and oneness. And and we are. We all we're all connected. And the, the I had the realization in that moment of what it took for us to come down into amnesia, and we have come into amnesia and into this uh, polarity, this dichotomy of light and dark, good and evil, or whatever we set up. We there's no mistakes and and the illusion or this game we created it we all co-created it so when we wake up out of it we're gonna you know good show or something hopefully i'm not sure exactly what the um what this is about except that through this uh, game this illusion of separation uh we come into these avatars which give us a skin encapsulated self sense when you're in the other uh with the ets or in the other dimensions um, our separateness, our skin is permeable, and we can actually have like a Vulcan mind melt and, and merge into each other, into unity consciousness. Um, but here, in the, it's so dense, and so our skin is separate, and, and we have the illusion of separateness. But one of the things I did when I first met Sasha, Dr. Listens, like we studied Tantra. And in Tantra, there's a thing called a puja, and it's, uh, it's not sexual, everything's sex, but this is you just stand in two circles and you keep rotating. And you get a new person, and you look in their eyes. You look in their right eye, right eye, and you say something, you know, kind, loving, conscious, spiritual, like Namaste. There's usually somebody facilitating and helping you do like a little exercise. In those pujas, I had the same experience that I did when I looked into the eyes of extraterrestrials. It took rotating and not having any expectations, but just looking deep in the eyes, and eventually, like the separateness faded, even the, the races of everybody, and the skin, all that faded away, you could see nothing but the soul, and, and when I was in Puja, I'd find out, you know, all these people, we start just crying in tears, falling out of our eyes, in recognition that we too are all of the light, we're all one, we're all connected, so I know there's a way for humanity to move into that soul um, connection that we have looking in the eyes and so you know i'll pass the ball back to somebody else sashi okay. yeah, yeah i yeah. Uh, i I've, uh, sometimes have this what i call worldwide puja if you would just picture before you those who are difficult for you and those whom your ancestors may have harmed and who may have harmed your ancestors and picture looking in their eyes and uh, uh, saying you forgive them and ask their forgiveness and just allow this sort of worldwide contact. One of the interesting things I find uh, Susie Hansen has talked about how uh, there's before we ever took this incarnation in, uh, in the bodies we now occupy, uh, we, uh, we listened to the uh, universal uh, group um, collective mind and basically it was a call went out for Earth to save Earth uh, and it's 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 wonderful people, and um, we uh, have such warlike and uh, d dysfunctional uh, things going on uh, that uh, it was they requested uh, a species in the universe to really help us be able to empathize with everybody, and the Zeta Grays volunteered for that. Then each person, each soul who wants to help out with Earth, uh, uh, applies. 
and they're given training, and uh, they're very often uh, set up as a dual soul. And I wonder how many of, of the three of you are uh, can actually picture or feel another soul within you, and your children even especially are uh, um, way more liberated if you have a dual soul because they're ready to really speak out and take over as we old people pass out of our uh, uh, flesh shells. And so I just wonder what you think about, you, you applied for the job, you got it, uh, your, your mission's here and you're being assisted. Mm-hmm. I'll speak to that. Sherry. Um, this okay. is Sherry, yeah. Okay. So, um, I, absolutely everything you said is true. I, um, I, Susie's story and mine, it's, they're very similar. I had the same experience of uh, having recall of, of uh, volunteering here. I, I can see it. I can be back in that instant when um, I heard uh, Earth um, put the call out. Uh, and I knew I had to accept it. I knew I had to come here. And so coming onto planet Earth felt like an honor to, to be able to do that. I, I remember having been curious about the planet and having heard a lot about it and being aware of it and um, the souls who had been trapped here for so long and been kept recycled and that it was a, an enslaved planet. And so coming into this density was, uh, and into form was a fairly new experience for me. But, you know, you're part of a larger soul family. And so I have switched out, in all honesty. I have switched out my essence a few times um, to give myself a rest and to, to bring in other aspects of myself, I would say. And I've done that several times. And sometimes it's subtle, and other times it's, it's not so subtle that even... Um, my, my, my children have um, commented on, on that, you know, I'm a different person at times to, when I was bringing them up when I, they were younger. So, and I, I know that I brought in um, another different aspect of myself when it was time to, to write the book. So definitely, and then there's always that connection to the other part of me, which is the entity that I call Da, which is my main contact, I actually feel like that is another, that's, that's, a, that's me in a different dimension. That's what I understand. And so it's a, it's a kind of a weird thing if you're not familiar with it. But one of the things that my guys taught me, they, they told me the three important things to know, and one of which was that we are multidimensional beings existing on more than one level simultaneously. So we are all one. We, absolutely, we all are one, but we have our soul family and we have our, our multi-level soul that we, that we are most connected with. So, absolutely, I think everybody, every person on this planet, we have, either we're multidimensional. And so, we're bounded. We exist on ships. We exist on other planets. We exist um, as, as uh, other life forms. Uh, sometimes we exist as just pure energy. And so, absolutely, and, and you can access, if you start to really get into it, you can raise your frequency to the point and you can work on it to the point where you can communicate, at least especially in your, in your astral body or at night when you're sleeping. You can certainly, I always, before I go to sleep, I always direct where I want my soul or my essence, whatever you want to call it, um, my awareness, where I want that to go. 
um, while I'm in my sleep state. I, I kind of give it a little free rain, but sometimes I know that it needs to go back somewhere and, and get recharged or, or gain some understanding, or I even ask for it to, to switch out so that I can bring in um, a stronger aspect of myself that I might need more assistance with bearing up under the pressures right now or something like that. So, yeah, we're multidimensional beings. It's, a, it's, an, interesting, it's an interesting game we have going on here. <laughs> Yeah, but it, it gets it, it's more than interesting. It's it can be fun if you start to learn how to play with it, you know, and kind of mess around with the and allow yourself to a little freedom to uh, to uh, to access those other realms. So that's been my experience. Wow, I, yeah, I, uh, I can remember uh, going before the council and. Uh, we made out sort of a um, a journal type thing that of what we were going to do when we uh, came to Earth and uh, the, who we would be. And I was, of course, the mother first, and then my children followed, and so on. But all this was agreed on. And I know sometimes um, there's things that um, you you want to do too many things. And uh, they wouldn't tell you not to do them, but they would caution you on you're overloading yourself here, you know, so you need to think about this and so on. I uh, remember coming into Earth, it, uh, I've never fully adjusted. Uh, I believe it's because we're so many things, but it was extremely hard uh, as a child. Uh, I just I couldn't adjust to everything. I just did the best I could. Um, I was learning again how to be uh, on this planet as a human, uh, and later on as to be a mother and so on. Uh, everything that uh, I was working on, I, I had to readjust to. Uh, a lot of times when uh, my son and I went uh, with them, uh, they would call us their universal soldiers. And I couldn't understand that phrase, but they would say, you are being honored because you are universal soldiers. You have taught us how more how more to nurture, how to love, how to do this and that on, on the human things. Um, so um, another thing that would happen uh, when I was teaching uh, at a college, was teaching Reiki. My son and I both are Reiki masters for many years. Um, I've had students raise their hand and say, um, I opened my eyes last night and you were doing Reiki on me. Now, if it just happened one time, I, I you know, I would have uh, dismissed it maybe, but that's when I began to realize multidimensional, that word. And I found out that we were in different places at the same time. And I would hear this from different people, and you were here, you were there. Well, no, I might be states away when they're saying this, or at least, you know, hours away. So uh, when all these things started coming in, they didn't want to overwhelm me, so they would only give me certain portions at a time. They always called the information portions. But I agree with everything tonight. I feel really, really good being with all you people because you understand it. And uh, it's a little tough uh, for me sometimes to um, have someone to talk to about all of this. Um, but anyway, uh, 
a lot of times at night I would ask for their guidance, uh, not only maybe to uh, go with them, uh, to learn more, but for their guidance on certain situations, and that always works out. Uh, it's as if they're right there just waiting for you, and uh, they try to accommodate you the best they can, and yet we're here to learn lessons. So that's just my intake on that. <laughs> that's great. Well, you know, I, I have that strange and a strange lamp phenomenon, but... Um, and so I came in, I didn't feel like I belonged here, but knew I came here on purpose. And I, I had the, my guides and other beings with me since the crib, and they would, would come and ask sometimes just to show me that, uh, you know, we're here to support you, and we love you, and we care for you. And then at one point when I was 18 months old, they had to tone down their interactions with me on a conscious level because it was totally conscious at first. Because uh, my mother, I was talking to my mother, and she was uh, reacting very negatively, and she thought she had given birth to the demon seed, and she was very Christian, and she was going to uh, potentially kill me and act out. So uh, I was home alone with her, and they had to protect me. So it was a very strange phenomenon. But I've identified my multidimensional self. I'm sure I don't have everybody. I know that at the, the top of it, we're all one, so I have you know quadrillions of people that I'm one with, but... There's a thread that comes down into this avatar that you can kind of back up and find. And at the highest level, I've identified um, the essence of me at the like the highest level beside. It's not really high or low, but but that's higher or lower. It's just a way to silhouette. Uh, and and I asked that part of me, well, "Where are you?" And she laughed and said, "I'm 39 degrees to the right hand side of God, and um, and uh, very high vibration, high vibrational." Uh, state and then I've subparsed and come down through the different vibratory frequencies and dimensions or multiverses, whatever you want to call them. And so there's an essence of me on every level. Uh, and I remember volunteering to come into this game. Uh, I came into it from uh, two different levels. Um, at one point, uh, my avatar came down here, created, uh, was part of the terraforming team. I had a hypnosis session. I, I went right to the terraforming of the earth, and there were um, several different uh, groups that were here introducing flora and fauna and, and taking samples and, uh, you know, starting the seeds of different species and, and coming back you know, periodically. And so we were trying to figure out what kind of sentient higher-level forms could we introduce to the planet. And so this was probably billions of years ago. And then there was something that happened where I was knocked out of my avatar. And so I, I remember clearly coming back through the Anunnaki. And I, I very I identify with Nimba. But once I was here as Nimba, it's like that's not deep enough into this matrix. <laughs> you have to go even further unconscious to know what it's like being human. So that's when I came down in through the cycles of reincarnation in, in human, the human species. And I remember many of my past lives, and I came here to come through my birth parents uh, two years before I actually made it because my mother, who was very, um, she really didn't want to be a mother. Uh, she had to because it was the 50s, and that's what you did, right? And all her friends were, were popping out babies, but um, she managed to miscarry me, but I came back because I'm supposed to be here right now for this time and talking to 
uh, Sasha sharing in group dance about what's going on. Okay, we're coming up on a, uh, we've got a, a commercial in like two minutes. Sasha, wrap up this segment and then we'll come back after the commercial break. Yeah, I would just, I, uh, um, let's see, is my mic on? Yeah, I would just like to say something about, uh, you know, when you encounter uh, people that are fearful, even other uh, uh, shrinks or hypnotherapists that are in their conventional roles, I find it really useful to say, wow, you've got really an admirable uh, way of presenting yourself. I, it, you really do a good job. You know, I'd like to know some of the uh, of your uh, vulnerable, uh, some of your uh, uh, instinctual and some of your uh, spiritual sides. I know you've got them. Share them with me. And you'll find out that even those people that are hostile or afraid of what you're saying, uh, they have experiences too. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> so uh, we're going to be going. To, oh, go ahead, Cherry. The music might come on, but go ahead. Oh, me? No, I was just agreeing. I just found that amusing and interesting what Shasha was saying. So, okay. So we're going to take a commercial okay. break. So uh, we're not able to uh, drop you for the commercial. So just mute everybody and be aware that the commercials are going up. See you in about five minutes. will give you those truths when you're mad as hell and not going to take it anymore from that memorable scene in network you'll know just what to do we will draw you in and become your news addiction at event horizons join us monday through friday from 10 a.m to noon eastern time at freedomslips.com at revolution radio our world team members are Dennis Fetcho, John Ilias, David Dunger, Hila Cass, MD, Melanie Richton, Jim Mars, Paula Harris, John Trallo, Maria Payan, Christopher Husser, D-O-D-D-S, Jonathan Orchard, and me, your anchor, Dr. Robin Falco. If uh, you decide not to volunteer, it will not be held against you in any way. Sounds dangerous. It is. Very dangerous. Count me in. That's right here at Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com, where information never sleeps. Is your data safe? Do you have the necessary information to assist you in confidently living through just about any survival situation? Is survival and gardening, off-grid living, 
medical knowledge, or even natural or man-made EMPs on your list of personal concerns? Do you have your documents and your personal information in a safe place in your hands where you know where it is? Well, check out our preloaded EMP-proof thumb drive. Over 3 gigs of survival documents and how-tos, plus the USDA offline food preservation website, and much, much more, including a surprise bonus we just can't tell you about here. With plenty of room left over to store your most important documents. Imagine if a mega virus or a computer failure took out your bank, or all the banks for that matter. Are your banking records safe in your hands so when they get things fixed and repaired, you can say, hey, look, this is what I had. You have it. I want it back. Is your personal data safe? Family records, addresses, phone numbers? Well, squeeze on over to freedomslips.com. Yes, that's www.freedomslips.com. Click the banner on the homepage for the EMP proof bullet drive to get the full scoop of everything that we offer. So, folks, keep your data safe for your peace of mind. Revolution Radio, freedomslips.com. You don't need to expect us, we're already here. Syrian diplomat reported today that their population is evolving rapidly and advancing into a fifth dimensional consciousness. They are seeking peace with all cosmic cultures, which may mean that the Earth will be asked to join the prestigious Galactic Federation of Light Alliances. Please join Debbie West and Michael Hathaway on Lost Knowledge. Saturdays, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Studio A for the latest breaking news on the Star Visitor's peaceful contact and the ongoing project of cleansing the Earth. This is the people's war. It is our war. We are the fighters. Fight it then. Fight it with all that is in us. And may God defend the right. Warning! Warning! We gotta stop them! They're gonna kill us all! See how the trouble you've started? Be they the government, be they industry, be they organized labor, be they anyone, or human beings! Time when the operation of the machine becomes so odious, makes you so sick at heart, that you can't take part, you can't even passively take part. And you've got to put your bodies upon the gears and upon the wheels, upon the levers, upon all the apparatus, and you've got to make it stop. And you've got to win the day to the people who run it, to the people who own it, that unless you're free, the machine will be prevented from working at all. Revolution Radio of FreedomSlips.com, the number one listener-supported talk radio station, throwing ourselves upon the gears of the machine. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. You called down the thunder, well now you've got it. Right. You tell them I'm coming, and hell's coming with me, you hear? Hell's coming with me! Revolution
Revolution Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Studio B for Momentary Zen with host Zen Garcia at freedomslips.com, the people station. The opinions expressed on this radio station, its programs, and its website by the hosts, guests, and call-in listeners or chatters are solely the opinions of the original source who expressed them. They do not necessarily represent the opinions of Revolution Radio and FreedomSlips.com, its staff, or affiliates. You're listening to Revolution Radio, FreedomSlips.com, 100% listener-supported radio, and now we return you to your host... Aloha and welcome back to the Sacred Matrix on Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com and the new site is revolution.radio and I am your host, Jana Kerr-Lesson, with my incredible co-host, Dr. Sasha Alex-Lesson, producer Thomas Becker, and our panelists today are Sherry Wild and Ruth Ann Frender, both experiencers, and we're going to get back to our show in just a minute here, but before we do, I'd like to remind everybody to please go over to that donation button on revolution.radio and make your donation, your contributions, help us stay on air and bring shows like this incredible one today. And uh, Mad Painter, Thomas Becker, where are we in our donations? Uh, we need 27.25 and we got 12.15 and we haven't had a donation in three days. Isn't that sad? <gasps> That's sad. Come on, guys. Come on, girls. Come on, people. Go over there. Even a dollar, something. Okay. Well, thank you for giving us the update. Uh, Sasha, back to you all to bring in the second yes. half. I, I want um, Sherry and Ruthann to ask questions of that she, they want to ask each other and us, all of us. So that's part of the second half. Go ahead. What, where do you want to take this? Oh uh, well, I, I certainly would like things to come from from, from uh, Ruth Ann and Sherry from you too. Uh, I, I, but one thing I, I was struck by as I listened to the commercials for this thing is that one of the fellows was shouting about war and fear and all that sort of stuff, and uh, uh, I thought, well, you know, what's that all about? And I thought, well, I, I guess if that gets people to listen to uh, uh, the to us, that's that's way cool. Uh, but I do say that one of the things that the extraterrestrials have told uh, many, many contactees is that the use of nuclear uh, uh, power, while it may have some uh, um, electrical benefits and maybe moving us toward a singularity, uh, can be uh, spoiled if you uh, use it in, in the ter- in, uh, to pollute the atmosphere, to pollute the oceans, uh, to kill each other and uh, things like that, and uh, that the extraterrestrials have told numerous people, we got to stop doing the uh, nukes, and we have to uh, clean up our pollution. And uh, even our airplanes seem to disturb the flow of air around the uh, uh, the Earth the way it, it uh, could be. And so I just would like our panelists to, uh, who have contacted uh, m- much higher powers to give us some kind of reflections on this situation with nuclear um, uh, use on the earth. Um, okay. I'll, which, go ahead. Oh, you want me to go first or you want Ruth? Ruth, you want to sure, go first? that's fine. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Go, go ahead. Uh, Hello? Ruth, or who's, who's talking? Okay, go ahead, Ruth. You go first this time. Did you get the question? Okay. Can, no, I didn't. Something happened uh, on my line. <laughs> I sure didn't. Oh, oh, we're just, oh, we're just asking, what, 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 what do the ETs tell you about nu nuclear uh, uh, testing and war and things like that uh, on the Earth? Uh, they have, um, let's see, let me see, I want to think of how they said that. Um, they just began uh, to tell me that uh, there will be new colonies, that that's why we're being programmed now the way we are, that, that we will be the new colonies uh, to come in and help when uh, something eventually happens to this world. Because they said man, they've helped man always, and this time man has to learn. So um, there, I don't know when anything is. I can't give you any kind of dates on what's going to happen where because I don't have them. They've never given me that, but they talk about in the future. So um, with everything that's going on in the world, they're very sad of what man's did, uh, poisoned the waters, uh, you name it, we've did it, you know, and uh, everything is dying off. So uh, your guess is as good as mine on that. Uh, I've never asked a straightforward out, and I don't believe they would tell me. I think I would have to wait. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Sherry. Uh, okay, well, my understanding of the whole nuclear thing goes back to the whole reason that the call went out from planet Earth was because of the uh, detonation in 1945. I believe it was when they um, put, did the nuclear bomb, the atomic bomb. bomb. And so um, that was when the call went out because the timeline at that time showed that planet Earth was going to be destroyed eventually uh, by her children and that their silly games that they were playing. So there, here's what I understand, and I don't remember exactly, I don't remember the conversation, but I have a memory of being told that, that uh Actually, the creator, um, whoever that might be, uh, decreed that that uh, the planet would not be destroyed because there were enough people here who had been praying and asking for assistance. They were not in agreement with the use of nuclear warheads. And so because of that, the, um, the powers of the few could not override the desires of the many just because they had the ability to do that. And so we've seen the ETs come in and, and intercept and shut down the nuclear warheads in the silos and all the places all around the planet over and over and over again. And so there will be no destruction of the planet with, by nu nuclear blasts, at least not until after, you know, not during this time of ascension. The, those who are ready to move into the higher frequencies are going to be allowed to do that. They, they, they will not be interfered with again. So, and it's interesting because actually during the break, I checked, I got a message from a friend and I went in to see what it, what it said and he follows alternative news and he just sent me a text and he said, did you hear about the, the uh, thing in Hawaii where the alarms went off because supposedly there were a missile attack was happening and he went on to say that the information that he got was that the cabal had actually tried to launch a missile 
from the submarine, but it, it, it failed. But that, that was why the, I don't know any more about it. That's all it was. It was just a brief little message. So that might have been a case of where they tried to use um, an atom- a nuclear warhead again to try to trigger a war because they were obviously it would be blamed on um, North Korea and try to trigger us to get into a war. And uh, for whatever reason, it was intercepted or it didn't happen or maybe maybe none of that is even true. I don't know. I'm just using that as an example, though, of what would happen if someone were to try to push the button and make it happen. It's not going down that way. We are going to be ascending, and it's, it's not going to be stopped this time, not by war. The other thing is is that when it comes to the pollution of the planet, and everything, you know, and, and the chemtrails bother me probably more than anything. And I, I try not to let them bother me, but I, it just breaks my heart to see what, what's happening. But I constantly am reminding myself that all of it is part of the illusion. You can, you, it's fear-based, and it's to keep us in fear. That's why they're doing it so much. It's because it, it upsets us. It triggers us. Those of us who are awakened enough to be aware of what's happening it pushes our buttons, even us, you know, those who are awake. So we have to constantly remind ourselves that it's not really real. It's part of the game. It's, it's an illusion. When our frequency gets to a certain place that's high enough, we won't see the chemtrails. They won't even exist because they're, they're fear-based. They're not real. And so all the pollution and all the contamination and everything that has occurred will not exist on the new earth because it can't, because it doesn't reside it doesn't exist in the frequency of love, just like disease and in, in our bodies that are dense. Everything, cha- everything is changing. Everything will be changed. Everything is gone, gone away. Everything that is of density, of fear, that does not come from love, will just simply not be there. I mean, that's what the ascension is. That's what it's all about. So we have to remind ourselves of that and remember that. So that's that's the teachings that, that my guys gave me. So. Wow. Thank you. Okay, I have, yeah. I have some things to address on that. I took some notes. Um, yeah, you were talking about the detonation in 45 and the call went out. Uh, Planet Earth was going to be destroyed. Let's see. Um, yeah, I get the same thing. The Creator decreed that the Planet Earth would not be destroyed. Um, I assembled it by, I went to a council meeting with 100,000 individual, unique, distinct species. Um, and... Uh, and I symboled it by, I asked, please stop. I'm sure everybody's asked, don't, don't let this happen. And, and in that meeting, they said, uh, yes, we, we've already, you know, we're interfering, we're intervening, we're not going to allow it to happen. And uh, so, let's see, the cabal. What I got very clearly, I was typing this up, I was so pissed off because that was uh, personal. It was personal. It was me. It was me having to face... <laughs> And I called my sister. I said, I don't know what's going on, if this is real or not, but goodbye. I love you. Uh, you know, we've got like 15 minutes, and uh, the alarms went off everywhere on everybody's phone. And I don't have television, and I didn't have time to put on my computer, but apparently it was on the Internet everywhere and on computers and on radio and all kinds of stuff. So it didn't seem to be one little silly button that some employee, um, you know, had an accident, right? Um I got a, a, like a psychic uh, download that, yes, it was a cabal. It was a, a U.S. nuclear sub that launched it. And the reason why there was such a long delay, it was like uh, 38 minutes or something, um, 
was that because they were they were pulling it back or doing something? It wasn't like, oops, I hit the wrong button, boss. It's gone out to everybody, which they knew instantly, and let's retract it. No, there was a long delay. So they were doing something. And so that right. makes sense. I'd love to have your source that said the cabal tried to launch something. So, okay. um, and then I have a friend that, uh, well, actually, it's T.J. Morris, and I do a show with her. And she uh, was telling her what happened. She says, because she's been in the secret space program. She goes, no, we already have satellites in space that can see every weapon being launched. She was, uh, 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 she reported to uh, Reagan. She, she worked for Reagan. And so she was a part of that project. And she said, no, there's no, no nukes can get anywhere. If, if we're getting this stuff going on with these stories, it's about creating fear. And mm-hmm. a lot of people probably got hurt based on that fear. Because they had, you know, people jumped out of their cars on the freeway and ran for shelter. And, you know, they tried to get home to their their children and all kinds of things. It was it was horrendous. And, if, and some people were just so callous. And they're on my Facebook and they just go, well, that was just a mistake. No, that was not. That, that created horrendous fear for many people who, mm-hmm. uh, there's still people saying they've got PTSD from it, and they can't quite get back to normal. And uh, I'm a child of the 50s and 60s, and we grew up with that. And I don't know, I seem to handle it better better as a child than now. It's like, I know it's an illusion, but uh, that's why I have this pure rage. It's like, why are you screwing with, you know, the people, our people, the good people of this planet? We deserve better than this. This is stuff that was back with the Cold War, and I'm really angry at the powers that be and knock it off. <laughs> now, pollution, yeah, we have cures for all diseases, including the disease of, of aging. We can live basically to be physically immortals. Uh, the chemtrails are, you know, that's a part of the illusion just to, you know, make us feel sick and make life miserable. But, um, but I go on and I deal with the extraterrestrials. They have they have all the solutions. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe you two have a, a you know an idea about this. Uh, why they're not coming down here and just uh, revealing themselves and intervening in this stuff on a, a bigger scale? Yes, they probably did that thing with the nukes coming our way and neutralized them. And but it's always behind the scenes. It's always blocked by somebody. And I'm waiting for the next level. So back to you, Sasha, and then back to the next round. Okay, I think that several things have happened. One is that the general population of the world understands that we have uh, help from extraterrestrial and interdimensionals, that that is a fact of of life now, and that it's perfectly apparent to anyone that examines the information that the Nazis invaded Czechoslovakia on a false flag, that uh, Roosevelt ordered the uh, forced Yamamoto to uh, attack Pearl Harbor and ordered the fleet to be put in a uh, vulnerable position so there would be a lot of deaths and that the United States could declare war on Japan and Germany would declare war on the United States and Americans could save Britain, that the Twin Towers was brought down uh, as an excuse by Bush, Cheney and company uh, to kill Iraqis and take away what civil liberties we thought we still had. And so that I think that the American public is so sophisticated that they're not fooled by this nonsense anymore. But there's something else, which is instead of fearing death, 
instead of just uh, yearning only for the eternal, to both embrace both the uh, limitlessness of existence and the limits. Uh, the limits in, for in, in these particular bodies, whether it's a thousand years or a hundred years, means that whatever your missions are in this particular uh, bioform, uh, you've got a certain amount of time in which to do it. And, this, uh, and it's the limit itself which energizes action. And so that's, uh, that's, that's something to look at, too. And if you really look at uh, life as a soul's journey, um, there's, uh, you know, death is something that will occur in all probability. And uh, just dig it. Experience it when it happens. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think that the whole, um, the, the thing that went on with you yesterday in Hawaii, I mean, that was very purposeful, just like all the examples that Sasha just gave. Uh, it's, it's to keep us in fear because now you know what the mainstream media is going to do. And I haven't watched mainstream me- media for over 10 years, probably 15, 18 years. I don't even know, but I'm sure they'll take that. And they'll use that as an excuse to talk you talk about nuclear war, talk about what happens in the case of nuclear war. They just just so they can keep us focused on the idea of nuclear war because they want it so badly. Um, you know, you know, they failed getting another Clinton in the White House, so we can't have it by that. So now they want us to create it another way. They want us to bring it about through our fear, and it's all manipulation. And the more that people talk and have programs like this and put it out there one by one by one we get people into this awareness of how their power is being hijacked and used against us and that's how we've gotten this world to such a fearful state and in such a mess it's just amazing to me that more people i mean i I like your optimism Sasha, when you say that you think that most of the population knows, I, I, I wish it were so. I, I don't know that they do. I look around me and I see a lot of people still asleep. But, you know, God bless them. They, they just, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll wake up in their own good time, I guess. But I just wonder at what point that will be. But when I talk to my guys about it and express concern that people that I love and care about are still unconscious, they're not waking up, I had given up on trying to wake them up, which they told me I should, you know, it's past that point now. And so you have to trust in life. You have to trust in in the, the way the whole process unfolds and everyone will get there eventually. The good news is, is that the 3D world of planet Earth, where it's a prison planet, is going to go away. That's not going to exist for much longer. They, the, the negative forces are losing the so-called battle between light and dark. I mean, that's what this is all about, right? And so, even those souls that have been trapped here for for just millennia, those souls, and those are the ones that we came in to, to try to rescue. They will continue on their journey, but they will go to a planet where there is not uh, manipulation, and there, there, it's not a prison planet. So they will be able to finally wake up out of the unconscious state that they have been hypnotized and, and kept in for so long. So it's good news for everybody. It's just that um, it's, it's just for me. It's not happening fast enough. I mean, I'm I'm with with our Ruth and and with all of you in saying, you know, I just want to go back into that realm where there's just love, peace, and acceptance, and that's where that's where I want to stay. I don't I don't think I ever want to come back to a world of duality ever again. 
not, I know we're eternal beings and you should never say never, but you know what, for the rest of my eternity, I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm done with it. Because I did, I did, I did what, you know, when Ruth was talking, I had to, I had to smile because she said, you know, when you, when you only have, when you come into this planet, especially if you're only here for this one journey as a volunteer to, to assist, like I am, and maybe Ruth is, I don't know, but for myself, I bit off way too much. You know, I did. I wish somebody would slap my hands and said, don't put that on your agenda. Don't do that. Not that, too. You t- you know, I took on everything. Because <laughs> I, I remember saying, I want to experience it all. I want to I do it all. You know, I'm only there that one time. I've heard all this stuff about how great it is, all these em- the emotions you experience, and the highs and the lows. And, you know, and so I, did, I signed up for all of it. And it's just exhausting. I mean, my life has just been, it's been exciting and fun and colorful. But, man, am I tired by this point, you know, because it's just been a roller coaster ride. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, journey that we've got oh. going on here. An interesting story. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Sherry. Go ahead, Ruth. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I, you just uh, said everything I think and the way I feel. And um, I know the uh, ETs that was just reminding me again. You know, everything there's an illusion. It's to learn in. It's uh, Earth school, and no human can change the rules. They say, <laughs> which is true. But. Um, I, I feel the same way, and uh, we we made a choice, um, uh, my son and I, this time to come back again. We didn't have to come back anymore at all. We didn't have to come back the last time, <laughs> but we volunteered, like you said, and we were, uh, again, uh, like an experiment, you know. So uh, I agree fully everything you said, uh, uh, all of you. Thank you very much. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had I had those moments the other day. It's like, oh man, if this is it, I'm out of here, and I didn't get to accomplish what I wanted to do, and uh, I'm not coming back. That's it. You got me one time to come here, so you better change this reality. So uh, my sister and I prayed a lot of prayer, but my sister's Mormon, and so I said, okay, let's pray, and. Um, and then we got the all clear. So uh, you get to this thing where you go, what, what, what can I do in the midst of this? It, it, did that prayer work? Did we just shift timelines? Oh yeah, I want to talk about timelines. Um, when I was a very young, four-year-old, I was taken on board a ship and showed twenty-four different timelines, the future history possibilities of where this game could go to, and that they very clearly conveyed to me that is only a small portion. <laughs> there are endless timelines based upon, you know, the, the billions of people that are going to be here. Um, and I was my eternal soul when I was there. I wasn't just a four-year-old human. I was my eternal self. So I had this comprehension of awareness of the totality of existence. And I can only bring a part of it back because they only let you have so much in this little limited brain, you know, avatar that you were all living in for a lifetime. So, um, anyway... This was one of the timelines, and I, I, I always experiment with shifting timelines. I, I chose a timeline when I came back here, and it was one of the utopian ones they, they labeled it, or I labeled it. And, um, and I realized that there's been some hijacking in the timelines, and we've shifted back and forth, and that any time as the observer participant, even in this 
game, this matrix, we can shift gears and switch to another timeline. So mm-hmm. I experimented with that all the time. <laughs> but I, in the when I said, well, yeah, if I die, I die. I mean, I've done that before. I've had eight near-death experiences in this form. So I've been in and out of, um, I've actually, my mother um, strangled me one time and broke my neck. I had a weird childhood. Okay. <laughs> and I was outside and I fixed my my neck and I came back in a couple times I fixed the body and came back in and, and that's why it totally freaked you out because you said what you, you were dead it's like nope it's my choice you can't make it for me so um yeah that was interesting so where do we go from here we've got about uh, 30 minutes or a little bit less left um back to you Sash turning, you turning on my mic yeah, I, I'm. I'm okay. here. Uh, yeah, so, in existentialism, we say that the uh, disrespect for consciousness that bugs you the most in in existentialism, uh, evil is disrespect for consciousness and 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 the uh, the life force that supports uh, consciousness. But that is the evil itself that is the motivator and gives meaning and direction to your life. So, all the things that we consider. Uh, uh, crushing of consciousness and I can I'll start with number one which is hierarchy that some people uh, uh, have more of a say and uh, are valued more than others because of their uh, uh, heritage or their race or their sex uh, or their lack of disabilities are, are are worth more than the light that every individual can uh, shine and, and, and so I, for me confronting hierarchy that some people are more better and have more right to uh, express themselves creatively than others is is what uh, uh, I find is a challenge. We need to honor everybody. That's my opinion. What do you think of that? Ruth, do you want to take that or do you want me to go first? Oh, I'm sorry. No. The, oh, go I don't care. That's all right if you want to. That's fine. <laughs> well, I totally agree, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, I've i always had trouble seeing bodies. Okay, from the time I was like Ruth when I was little and I came in, um, I hadn't been in that kind of a form. And so as a result, I tended to look past the body and see the, the I, I would see people as light, different uh, frequencies of light. And it's much better if you can do that and you just ignore the form because the body is just, it doesn't have any, any real meaning. Um, it's just a, a vehicle, it's just a, a, a tool for, to perpetuate the idea of separation, you know, that, that we uh, made so that we could uh, have the experience of duality and have the experience of, of being separate. But uh, definitely, that's a, it's, I think that that's going to be a challenge, though. I think that's always going to be hard in, in a world that is, on this level, this, a 3D world, which is pretty much the bottom, almost the bottom rung of the ladder, because, because, uh, just because of the the nature of, of of how it is in a world of duality, you tend to judge. That's why we're here is to experience those kind of, the 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 opposite of love, and so that involves judgment, and and so th- the first thing you do when you meet someone is it's an unconscious thought that you have. You 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 judge them, and it's always based on your past. You, uh, whatever your past experience is. So if you meet someone who's a, a certain color or race or ethnicity, uh, religion, 
whatever it is that's different to you, maybe a different body shape, whatever, whatever your experience of your past or whatever you have been taught or were told in your past, you're going to project that onto that person. And that's what we do in this world. And so we project onto them and they don't, and so you've judged them before they've even had an opportunity to present to you who they are. And so you don't ever really get to know the person. You don't know the soul. You don't know anything about that person because you, you, in the first couple of seconds you met them, you already made up your mind and that's it. And it's a, it's, it takes a very aware, mindful person to, to go above that, to, to not be like that in this world of duality, in this, in this low-frequency world. So that's a tough one. I mean, it's part of what we came to experience. And I think to overcome it takes us, takes us into the higher dimension. I mean, you, you, you just, it's very hard to be here. I mean, there are some who have done it, Mother Teresa and um, other really very highly spiritual and, and, and loving people that have been able to do it, uh, Jesus and Buddha and all that. But uh, by and large... 99% of humanity that is walking around, they're just they're doing that unconscious judging and the projection onto the person of what they already know them to be. So it's a great idea. Don't think it's going to happen. Not, not while we're still on this frequency, though. That's my thoughts. Wow. Thank you. Uh, you know, I, I think it's an interesting, uh, it's a very interesting concept to see if there's something that you have a negative reaction to or you that bugs you in another person or something that you overvalue and you wish you could be like them and, and you think they're groovier than you to, to realize that they that is resonating a underdeveloped or un, uh, unfully recognized part of yourself and when you come right. to recognize that part of yourself then you can be at ease and feel your oneness with the other person or persons and they can uh, relax and and share with you on a deeper level but start by going within is what I suggest and mm -hmm. see, there's nothing in the human condition that's alien to any of us, uh, as Goethe put it. And I think that's really important. Start with yourself, and you realize mm -hmm. that uh, you are everyone, and everyone is you. We're all one. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I know I have to, when I have something starting to bother me, or, or maybe, you know, like have that feeling if I meet someone... Um, and something's bothering me, bothering me, I go to my place and uh, where it's quiet and peaceful, and I, I'm asking myself, uh, what is it that, why am I having this feeling? Uh, what's going on with me, you know, and things like that. And I try to work on things that way, but as a regular human being, it's uh, just like um, Sherry said, I mean, uh, we do do a lot of that. And... Um, find out uh, I do most all times that when I get to know the person a little bit more we really hit it off but sometimes uh, I have a feeling that I'm not quite sure how I feel and uh, and I want to know why I do so that's my thought on that right and so um, yeah I like what you said uh, Sherry about that you had trouble seeing bodies and and if I notice that I can get to that point and I, you know, don't see bodies and and I do what I can to pull people into that, when I see bodies, I often, as a therapist, I want to know what their programming is. So I'll ask, like, what year were you born, where you were born. That kind of idea identifies what program went into that avatar 
and I, I know where I have to meet them and maybe start <laughs> going beyond that um, to find the soul, to find that connection on a soul level. So uh, it, it is difficult, but um, the, what, what we experience in our past, our programming, um, each person, you know, I highly recommend that each person identifies your programming, uh, does some work on it, see if you can overcome it get to that point of connection, loving oneness with each other, because that's really who we are. And if we could all do some of that work on ourselves, and we would eventually get there as a whole species, and then there wouldn't be any war. If you knew each other on that level, um, there would be the end of war. It's, it's simple. It's really simple. We don't have to do the higher-up stuff. We start on the personal level with the people that, like, like Marianne Williamson said in The Course in Miracles, that your um, ministry is the people in your address book. And so it's, your, it's the people in your Facebook page. It's like meeting these people, no matter what avatar they're driving, and find connection and oneness. And I think that's one of the upsides of the Internet is that, you know, we have a whole different world because of the Internet. I wouldn't even know my husband if it wasn't for the Internet. And uh, so I'm really wired into that. So let's use that tool to get to know, you know, five strangers, ten strangers, and really get to know them on a deeper level. And uh, so anyway, that's why I do everywhere I go. That's why I go to conferences. I get to know hundreds if not thousands of people every day. I mean, every year, you know, by going to these things and connecting to see who are you behind your story and what's going on. And can we meet soul to soul? Sash. Hello? You muted? Yes, I Yes, what is it, honey? <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> oh, it's my turn again. Okay. Uh, what I want to do is now open this uh, this last part of this show to whatever uh, is in your heart, each of you, to share with the world. Hmm. Who grabs silence. the mic? <laughs> well, I'm <we're> sharing silence. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Or, or ask each other a question. Yeah. Sherry, yeah. Do you have a, and, and Ruth Ann, if you have a question for each other or something that you want to put put out there, go ahead. Express yourself. Or even thoughts that aren't related to the end question. Okay. Okay. Well, I just will co I'll comment on one thing, and then I'll come back to what Sasha said. Um, I want to comment on something you said earlier, uh, Janet, about that when you were on the ship's I thought I heard you say that when you were on the ship, you don't remember there being any war going on around you. There's no war in space. Did you say that or something mm -hmm. like that? I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, there, there's I, no war. Yeah, I liked that because there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about the secret space program and, and how there's a battle going on above our heads and, and there's all that. And, and that may very well be true in our dimension and in our frequency that that is, and I have probably, probably I don't know if I doubt it even, but I liked that you said that because that's actually the truth of it. Because we are multidimensional beings, and because there are all the, and you also said about the different timelines. So it's an interesting thing that that you can talk about um, your experiences, or talk about what you've learned, or what you know, and what's going on. And so you can talk about the, the wars that are going on and the battles between light and dark on planet Earth and above planet Earth and below the surface, whatever. But on a, from a higher perspective and a higher realm, the truth is, is again, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but that's all part of the illusion. That's part of the game that we're experiencing here. 
in truth, there's no battle going on. There's no wars going on. I mean, not in truth. That's just the, the video game we're in, if you want to call it that, or this computer program that we're running where we wanted to experience duality. We wanted to experience light and dark, and we wanted to have this, this world based on fear that we wanted to see what that felt like and, and just know what that, what that was like. But the truth is, is that when we move beyond this frequency into a higher dimension, none of that is there. It's like shutting down the computer. It's like shutting down the game, and you're just you're out of the game. Then, and it was, and you find, and you find out it was just, it wasn't real. We thought it was. It seemed so serious at the time, you know, because we had to protect our body and keep it alive, and and we get caught up in the drama and all the stories. But the reality is, is that none of it is real. We are love and we exist on a level of, of, of just pure love and that we are energy. So I don't know, I guess so I'm just that's leading me into the thing that what Sasha wants to know if we want to say anything. That that is what that's what I would like to say during this time when when everyone is consumed with fear and understandably so. I mean understandably so with everything that is going on, if you're just being met with fear constantly, whether it's the day-to-day challenges of making enough money to pay your mortgage and, and the fear of losing your job or the, your relationships or uh, problems with your health, whatever it is, I think that, we, that it's imperative that we start to operate on a higher level, that the human consciousness has to start looking at the world and seeing it for what it is, this big game, this, this whole thing that we set up for ourselves, that we challenged ourselves with, but that it's just a game at the end of the day. And if we start seeing that for what it is, we're going to transform it. And it's just going to transform. If enough of us, the hundredth monkey, you know, that's how it'll happen. When that hundredth monkey gets that realization that, you know what, this is, it's not real. It's just not real. What was that? Why was I taking it so seriously? Why, Why was I so worried? Why did I let them scare me so much? Why did I let them program me and control me well you know because that's what you wanted that's what you signed on for that's what you came here to experience but now it's over it's coming to an end and so that's what the awakening is is the realization of who you are and what this world is all about and it's all just smoke and mirrors so i just i don't know i just get emails every day heartbreaking emails from people who are just scared out of their minds you know are we going to get blown up you know are the bad ets going to come for me you know, are we, is there going to be a war? What's you know? I, and I just, I just, my heart just breaks. It just breaks for those people wow. I mean, because they're bu- they're buying into the fear. You know, they're buying into the story, and it's not even, it's just not real. So anyway, that's that, those are my thoughts for whatever. Well, thanks. Worth. I'd like to respond to that and address that. Um, I've interviewed T.J. Morris over and over, and T.J. Morris was in the U.S. military. Um, and so was her husband, and they were in the space program, but they weren't like a, a grunt. They were both commanders, so they were in the top level, and they would go on to a huge a ship, a series of five ships around uh, Mars that held about a million people in their um, in all their life support, and you know, uh, on each vehicle, and the, each vehicle had a different or each little license sphere type of thing. It was huge, um, had a different purpose. One was for you know, creating different flora and fauna and species, you know, insects, and the other one 
I don't remember what I, but she, each one was a different function. So from that higher perspective, though, she says there weren't any wars. This is in, this is in the game. This is in the Matrix. It's just called the Matrix, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was just a one small faction of, of the 3D continuum that played the catalyst for the game. And she said that the, there was a wormhole outside of Mars, and uh, the, um, the, the advanced species that had the total awareness of the game had uh, guards on all the wormholes, wherever they were within the, the universes, um, to you know, uh, send out the alert, the alarm, if these uh, species, they called them like the wharf, uh, like, um, like the Klingons, they were just so... They were the farthest end of the. That was the the continuum had to be created, you know, good light, and they were the farthest farthest end of the dark, right? <laughs> they were holding mm-hmm. that end of the continuum of the game, and they would just come in and, and rape, pillage. Like they basically wouldn't even rape. That involved too much of themselves. They would just take all the resources and leave behind a burnt cinder, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And they get all the resources, all the minerals. So they were guarding against that. Now the beings on that level were not able to kill because they felt everything. He couldn't kill, he couldn't, you know, really tried to pluck your own eye out, right? So they couldn't kill because they felt it. So they created a warrior species out of humans. They, they put DNA so that they could be um, able to defend all these other beings that are of light and love who have come into 3D form and they can't kill. They can't even smack or say a bad word to each other. Tom was a warrior, and they asked him to come up and show them how you can hit somebody, so he showed them, and they said, show us how you can kill somebody, so he did, because he was the warrior species. So part of humanity was designed as a warrior species, but I don't know how it got all worked like it is. I'm missing that piece, but just to uh, reassure people that most of existence, there's only like a tiny fraction, let's just say 1%, that is, uh, you know, what we might call evil with total disregard for consciousness. The rest is, you know, people just wanting to, you know, live their lives and, you know, have babies or do some kind of work that makes them feel good in, in their existence. So, anyway, that's all I have to say on that. Very interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Ruth Ann. Oh, um... Well, the way I handle it uh, is, are you there? Yeah, we're missing. Yes. Okay. Uh, The way I handle it, I I get a lot of um, people telling me, too, daily, nearly, of all the the, uh, terrible things going on and all the things in the world and so on. But um, I, I don't know. It's just within me. I don't, I can't sit around and worry about all this stuff. I mean... I I agree uh, with uh, a lot of what you were saying, Sherry, because uh, we can't take all that in and just uh, worry about everything like that. So uh, of all the things that happen, sure, uh, you know, I understand it's happening, but I don't think about it anymore. I mean, if it comes out or somebody's telling me about some uh, horrible disaster, um, I have to let all that go. I have to keep going and doing the best I can and with the work I'm doing here 
uh, in this world, and it doesn't mean I don't care that it doesn't hurt me, but I, I, I can't take all that in, and I, I know that. So um, I don't, and um, a lot of times uh, if, if it's, say, a real good friend of mine and, and they're saying, well, I don't know what to do, this and this and this is going to happen and all this is going to happen, and, and I just thought and say, you know, look at it in the good way. I said, we can all go together at once, and we'll all be together wherever we're going, <laughs> and I just come back. I have to, because if if you take in every single thing that's going on and with every single person, uh, I can't imagine uh, the disaster that my mind would be in. So that's all I wanted to say, is that I don't take it all in. That's great. And I, I have to say that in the midst of the, the drama that was going on about the, the incoming nukes, there was a part of me that said, well, you know, dying with the, a, in a nuclear flash probably wouldn't feel that bad. <laughs> Not going to be as bad as if I, you know, die from cancer or heart attack. So maybe that's how it's supposed to be. Here one moment well, and uh-huh. the next. Well, except that, except that what I was told was that when, um, when there's a nuclear blast like that, what it does is it... It resonates through other dimensions and uh, destroys other worlds because of the nature yes. of, the, of the bomb. And, and it also has a huge impact on the soul. It's, 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 it's not like a bullet oh. to your body. It, it does um, splinter your soul uh, because we are energy. Our, and that's what we are. And so the energy of that atomic blast does do something. And so it, it is a horrific way actually so you don't want that that's why if it were if it were just going to destroy our body i don't think the creator would have intervened but because of what it does to our our soul it takes um, a long time to um you know i mean it takes a lot to to heal and and put that all uh make that all right again so that's why it's it's uh, been decreed that there will be no nuclear holocaust on the planet again so Mm -hmm. yeah so and I just that well, that's my understanding. That I, I'm not yeah yeah yeah. I don't. I mean for whatever that's worth. Oh. No. I I know the ETs told me uh, long ago they would never, ever see anything happen to Earth like that because they said uh, all the planets and uh, everything out in the universes uh, are in order and where they are. And if something like that happened, it would uh, be like uh, when you're bowling and the bowling ball goes down and hits the pins and the pins fly everywhere. They said uh, that's what would happen in the universe, that everything, everything would be out of, I'll call it Kelter, out of place. And that's something uh, they're not going to see, we're not going to see happen like that. Well, I think that makes sense. Yeah, the planet, I mean, Humanity has been has been held down. I mean, there's been manipulation and control, and I think that's the that's the um, the the big factor in the whole decision here. I think if we had just fallen into darkness, if humanity on this planet had just fallen into darkness and made these choices on their own, but because there has been the manipulation and the control by outside forces or forces within the planet, whatever you, however you look at it, but the controllers of the planet who took over and did not allow humans to have the right to evolve. They took away the basic right that we were given. They were given as, as they were created to have the experience of being in a third dimensional planet and to evolve and grow and learn and, and move up the ladder of life. 
that was stolen. That was stolen from. That was taken from them through manipulation and, and deceit. And because of that, it's not their. It's not their doing. And so it's not something that they brought on. That's why somebody asked the question: Why don't the ETs come in and just make everything right? Why don't they just set it right? You know, we hear that all the time. But we can't. There is that law of karma, which says that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. And so you do have to neutralize. You have to bring everything back to neutral. Now, I don't believe, everybody knows I don't believe in karma the same as what it's taught, so I am not want people to get confused with that. I don't want to get the emails saying, I thought you said there's no karma, but I mean the karma as far as that as, a, as you journey into your awareness as a soul, you, you do have to stay in balance. And if you get too negative or you get too positive, self-serving or service others, you know, the best place to be is right in the middle. And, and so on the planet, if, if we had gotten so negative and it was all uh, a matter of those were our choices, but they weren't. They were choices made um, through programming and manipulation and deceit. And so that's a different story. So against all odds, humanity is waking up, you know, so... So we, it's only right that, that we'd be given the opportunity to continue on that journey without further delays. Because we've already had several times where the planet was going to, the humans on the planet of Earth were going to evolve. And, you know, Atlantis and Lemuria, and there were other, at least one other time that I know of that they had this opportunity that they have now, but it was taken from them. It was, it was taken away through different ways, but certainly the hijacking was, was certainly at least one of the times where it was manipulation. So, and of course, that's what they're trying to do now, and that's what they've been trying to do. But this time, they're not going to succeed. The plan that was put in place this time was, was a good one. <laughs> you know, we, fought, we learned. We got it right this time. So, yeah. Excellent. Right. Okay, we have like about three or four more minutes. Uh, we should probably start wrapping it up, Sash. What would you like to say? Oh, I would just like to suggest that uh, that one way to uh, to cope with things, or uh, the Buddha didn't put it quite this way, but it comes down to you can drive your own karma if you uh, dig what you've gotten, don't sweat what you've not. It being addicted to things being different than they are uh, is bound to make you. Uh, uh, suffer and so that what I suggest you do is that you count your blessings that you see in each moment of your existence what is there to appreciate that you feel that you allow your oneness uh, uh, to reach out to wherever you can and enjoy uh, this embodiment while you got it mm-hmm. yeah amen wonderful yeah. 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 <laughs> that's beautiful so uh, I'd like to take the final minutes here for you, uh, you both to yeah, share what your books are and your websites and any other information you want our people to know about you. Okay, um, this is Sherry speaking. Um, my website is the name of my book, which is The Forgotten Promise, theforgottenpromise.net. And um, what else did you say? So uh, you can... Um, I put that up several years ago, and I never went on it. I'm available on Facebook as well. Uh, if anybody emails me, I do try to answer all emails. I'm, I'm falling way behind, and I, I just, um, I, I will get to it eventually, but it could take several weeks. But um, I do answer every email that I get. So that's all I have to and say. And your email is on Facebook? Um, Facebook is not a good one. I probably get on Facebook once a week if I'm lucky. Um, 
My website has a, a link so you can contact me through my website, which is theforgottenpromise.net. But um, okay, you know, and, and I will I will do my best. I will respond. I have always responded to every email that I've gotten. Uh, it's just that it's I'm getting some. I'm, as we move into these times of turmoil, I'm getting so many more um, emails than I ever had before. So it's it's harder for me to keep up with them because I do work full time. So oh wow. At a regular well, job. Thank yeah. you for doing that. Thank you for yeah. answering people. Okay, yeah. Ruth Ann. Okay, um, my website is Universal Conversations with an S, dot com. Universal Conversations dot com, and I do try to answer everything uh, that comes in. Uh, my first book's Under the Rainbow Crossing. It's about um, all the seven spirits that uh, lived in our home. Uh, the second book is The Story of David, and that's my son of his miracles and uh, his um, connection to um, his guides and teachers and uh, his remarkable healings. Uh, my third book is um, Aliens Within Our Own Selves, and um, they're at uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and uh, they're in softcover or uh, regular uh, e-books. So uh, that's about it. And I that's thank you so We're much for asking me on. Huh? Thank Part you. Two. Thank you so lovely ladies, and thank you, listeners. Okay. Aloha and bless you. Bye bye, bless you. Thank you. Okay. Listen to Revolution Radio at Freedom and we'll be right back after this message. Thank you for listening to Revolution Radio at FreedomSlips.com. Any commercial advertising you may hear in this program is of the sole discretion and benefit of the host of whose program you are listening to. Revolution Radio does not endorse any commercial products, nor does it accept monetary compensation for on-air advertising of commercial products, nor will it ever. We are and shall remain 100% listener supported. Any product advertising on this program are considered used at higher risk, and Revolution Radio shall not be held liable for any claims or damages received from any product advertised within this program. Revolution Radio, where information never sleeps. Moscow's freeze. That's your cerebral cortex looking for an answer it doesn't have. See? Even your brain knows you're screwed. God is filling with adrenaline right now. Whether you know it or not, your heart's beating fast. It's getting a little harder to breathe. The neurobiological system is telling it to run. But your knees are too weak to move. Fear is not real. The only place that fear can exist is in our thoughts of the future. It is a product of our imagination, causing us to fear things that do not at present and may not ever 
exist. That is near insanity. Do not misunderstand me. Danger is very real, but fear is a choice. We are all telling ourselves a story. You're listening to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. 100% listener-supported radio. Reporting the danger. Unafraid. Right here, where information never sleeps. Revolution. Revolution. Radio. Take a look around, kid. What do you see? Homes being foreclosed. People working two, three jobs just to put food on the table and still drowning in debt. Don't get me wrong. This country was founded on great ideals and principles. They've all been ruined by the banks. Open your eyes to the banks that are robbing you. You know who my favorite president was? Who? Thomas Jefferson. Because he saw all of this coming and tried to stop it. He fought the banks. JFK too, and they killed him for it. The banking institution is more dangerous than an army, he said. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.